welcome to another interview show at the voice of fashion my guest today is shreyana bhattacharya author of the delightfully engaging new book desperately seeking sharuk intelligent charming and illuminating says abhijit banerji on the book the nobel laureate we agree shreyana takes us right to the intersections that the voice of fashion works on in creating content self awareness feminism dress and identity singlehood various aspects of the mind and meaning philosophy and economy congratulations on this intersectional book and for a march 8 edition on the voice of fashion thank you for joining me shivali it is such a pleasure and i want to thank you and i really want to thank you for fashion you really been very supportive of the book so it's a delight to be here. so for our listeners and readers shayana has followed some of the subjects in this book for 15 long years right. she constructs cities ideas and demolishes certain stereotypes if i may through the prism of one of india's most wanted actors my first question this idea of self made that you talk about through sharukh khan and through some of the women you encounter do you think self made people start dressing differently attiring differently once that engineering is done my sense of at least the 15 years of the research is that very much i think for women in the book because each of the women in the book as you know and those who read will find out they're all deviating from this very standard script of what a good woman should be which is that all these women should ideally stay at home and be good mothers and get married and ideally not work outside the home but each of the women in the book is defying that norm and so they're trying to make themselves right they're trying to actualize their ambitions and dress is a very important part of that because they all want to then dress to be comfortable dress to also assert their growing purchasing power and their independent income but shivani it's different based on class group so for example for a fairly uh you know upper middle class woman first woman in her family to work outside the home being able to buy a high street you know brand such as zara is sort of her way of really wearing her independence whereas in rural up for a young woman like manju in my book for her being self made is letting go of the dupatta you know letting go of always covering her head and so yes dress is a very core part of actualizing your selfhood and all the women in my book are trying to do that but it's very different based on class caste community just the way it manifests may i ask why sharukh shivali sharukh because well first i'm a nutty fan which i think now everyone knows anyone who has heard of the book but it was an accident uh, in 2006 i was doing surveys on women who were making agarbattis incense sticks and actually garment work at home earning a quarter of a minimum wage and when i went to do these surveys uh, you know we have a very traditional way we are taught right you ask specific questions but all of these women shifali were trying to make themselves right they were very well aware of their economic deprivation they were unionizing fighting with employers for higher wages so they just found these questions of some girl wearing khadi with kajal in her eyes just really boring and tedious and so we take a break right we started talking about at least a few things as icebreakers that we had in common and it's such a divided country but bollywood does unite i think many of us and i started Absolutely. asking women about their favorite actor yeah and that's where sharuk came up yeah and then as i started to ask these women more about sharuk and i decided i would follow them for a very long period of time 
uh, moving from the slums of Ahmedabad to the villages of UP, again garment workers actually, then moving from there to you know forests of Jharkhand, domestic workers and then others. I realize Shah Rukh represents markets, he represents purchasing power because to be able to watch a Shah Rukh film, it means you have independent income. Yes. Shah Rukh represents a very different kind of masculine figure because he's a kinder, gentler, progressive masculinity. Most of the women in the book completely ignore the stalker and more toxic parts of his iconography. They don't like that, uh, but they love the lover. And the third is he is very much a sign of mobility. You know, a boy from Delhi who then went to Bombay and really made it. And I think these themes keep coming up when these women talk about him. And in fact, now I would contend that it's not that they want to marry him, it's that they want to be him. They want his economic success and, you know, his station and, and uh, meteoric rise. You write about Delhi as a sinewed character. Yeah. Uh, its um, flaws, its pockmarks, and its sexiness, the power yeah. sexiness, uh, the swag that Delhi wears around. There is also a Dilli Pana in some of the characters that surfaces. Tell me from the dermatology, some of the bored women, uh, the gluten-free chilas, <laughs> and the boorish nature of uh, Latin's laboratory characters. Uh, what is it about Delhi, the, our residence, both yours and mine, that holds you, compels you? You know, Shafali, firstly, Delhi is a central character in this book because many of the women I followed for research, they live in Delhi, they moved out from Delhi, and Mr. Khan is from Delhi as well. So that's, you know, it's a very central part. And one thing I actually say about the book, in the book about Delhi, is that, you know, it's a city of 20 million people, but because of inequality of income, class, depending on, you know, who your family knows, it's very stratified. So a city of 20 million people starts to feel like 20 people. And I spent a significant amount of time because of the certain love affair I had and I write about and I must thank the gentleman involved because he allowed me to write about it, um, which was in the Lutyans laboratory. So the 20 people in this Lutyans laboratory who in fact over the years I knew them, many of them left Lutyans because Lutyans has changed as well. And the one thing actually I learned during that time was, you know, initially when I went in, I dismissed the women in that space as, you know, princesses. I write about it. But I realized I was so wrong because each of these women was just contending with the hard labor of constantly looking perfect. This like act of perfection was such difficult work, be it the skincare routine, you know, the smallest pimple needed to, you know, you needed to rush out to the doctor. Um, every day when I would meet these women, they would tell me like laundry lists of procedures that would get done and their outfits and the look. And I learned a lot as well, which has helped me a bit in my own beauty regimen. But, you know, we could never be friends because we come from very different worldviews. But the thing that really struck me when I think about that time is just the hard labor of beauty. It was not that these women were not working. They were working. They were just working on their bodies constantly. Shayana, when we were chatting earlier, you mentioned some engaging hooks, if I may, uh, when you followed women for so many years and you you notice certain tools of liberation, yeah. amongst them bras, bangles, leggings. Can you tell me a bit, some observations around that? The one thing, and I could write a manifesto on this, is that everywhere I went, particularly women from the working class, from low-income communities, from even the lower middle class, you know, be it slums of Delhi, villages in UP, every working woman who had to go outside the home had to catch a bus, you know, hold on to a bus handle, had to rush into a shared auto. She would constantly complain about her bra. 
she would say that you know the material bites into my skin it's not comfortable it doesn't help me move the fabric and material is very difficult and so the one thing if you know there's a manifesto that i want to write is let's have some low cost products for women from different backgrounds so they can feel more comfortable in their bodies and their skin the other thing that i recognized shafali was that many of the women as they started to then be more mobile be outside the home they started dressing much more differently in a more elasticated way right as you would probably say because it's quicker than as i said to catch the auto or you know move around and do your work and yet the moment they were wearing leggings they also then invited this very unnecessary male scrutiny and gaze because the leg you know is suddenly now shaped uh, people can see it many women were made to feel very uncomfortable about the fact that they were wearing something so close to the body And so I think the broader idea is that you know as women start stepping out of the home it's hard enough for these women and you know the data in the book bears this out India is in the bottom five when it comes to the number of women working in the world um we're making it so difficult for these women because they want to step out they just want a bra that's comfortable they want to wear leggings and yet they're constantly scrutinized and yet these women were revolting they were dressing the way they felt comfortable in they were dressing the way public transport would be accessible um and i think these are mini revolutions that are happening in the way they were holding themselves this is a march 8 edition and while your book is about loneliness intimacy and independence of women single or otherwise i want to ask you what does feminism mean to you it it has acquired so many strains and threads how do you disentangle these and not be bewildered to me the first thing i'll say is feminism is not a label so it's not like you know the checklist and then if you do xyz and it's all tick 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 then it's an equation you're a feminist feminism is a practice it's a it's a kind of mindful practice it's being aware of the multiple axes of inequality that our society is steeped in be it gender be it religion be it caste in our country and being cognizant of those inequalities for example feminism to me is paying your domestic worker a minimum wage uh, feminism to me is not tweeting hashtags i mean that power to those who do but i think there are subtle more everyday acts of mindfulness which is a practice where we acknowledge our own privileges acknowledge the inequalities that we are all some of us enjoying as well and being conscious of that so to me feminism is it's not a label it's a practice and in the book i'm trying to give a reader the sense without giving it away of how women who may not even know words like feminism you know other than one character in my book none of them even know that word but they are all negotiating for more freedom for themselves more choice for themselves right and to me feminism is just those intimate incremental everyday steps in our everyday life so it's a practice it's a practice of generosity of ways towards others towards yourself and a consciousness which acknowledges the deep inequalities that exist and tries to at least partake in some correction of that so not a label it's a practice and it's an everyday intimate practice in the book your touch is light and there are so many nuances so the influence is intense this is a formula that in creative writing or non fiction they tell you to get it right you have thank you i suggest you desperately seek sharuk through shayana and thank you for doing this shayana is busy seeking sharo sure. yes. <laughs> thank you so much for having me here shafali it was such a pleasure